Greetings, this is Carl, and you are listening to the free public feed of Behavior Gap Radio. And before we move on to today's episode, let me just tell you real quickly about Behavior Gap Radio. I record an episode every day except Sundays, and that is available in the subscriber feed. Available if you go to behaviorgapradio.com and sign up. So what you're hearing today is the episode that I release every Thursday to this public feed. So there's a whole party going on, and I think you would absolutely love it. So go to behaviorgapradio.com and join. What you'll get there is an episode every single day. I work really hard to keep them short. I work really hard to send you less. So they're between 3 and 12 minutes, no guess, me just talking about doing work in public, aligning our use of money with what's important to us, and generally living a life full of adventure. And I'd love to have you. So go to behaviorgapradio.com and sign up there. Now on with today's episode. Greetings, this is Carl. I'm going to give you the secret to a successful lifetime of investing. And this is like top secret. Please don't share it with anyone. And may I even humbly suggest you pull out a piece of paper and a pencil. If you're driving, pull over and write these secrets down. This is the secret to a lifetime of successful investing. There's only four steps. Number one, write an investment policy statement. I'm not going to cover it much here, but the investment policy statement, you could think of it as a one-page financial plan. It would just spell out what you're about, why you're investing, what your goals are. So why you're investing, what your goals are, and, and then a, a statement or two about how you'll behave, sort of your rules around investing. In other words, they'd be sort of guardrails around how you'll behave. They'll, they'll contain the other four secrets, actually, the other three secrets. So write an investment policy statement. Investment policy statement will serve as a touchstone when you're thinking about doing something crazy. It will serve as a reminder of what you said when you were thinking clearly. By the way, I could replace I and everything. I should actually be saying, my investment policy statement serves as a reminder. If I look at it, and the, and the only mistakes I've made in my investment career, all the mistakes I've made, which have been plenty, have been a result of not looking at my investment policy statement, not reminding. So, you know, obviously you've got to use it. The only thing worse than not having an investment policy statement is having one and then not following it. And I do that all the time. So I'm trying to get better about it. So you're not alone, but these are the secrets. I know these things work. I just have a hard time doing them. Write an investment policy statement, number one. Number two, which will flow out of number one. And in fact, once you do step number two, you will include it on your investment policy statement. Number two is design a portfolio allocation. And I'm telling you, this can be incredibly simple. There are better ways to do it. But the ways to do it worse are infinite. That's what John Bogle said about just taking your money and putting it in an S&P 500 index fund. So let me just give you a super simple way. And again, there are better ways. 
working with your financial advisor will get this even more clear. But, but the ways to do it worse than this are infinite. Design a portfolio allocation. It could be as simple as splitting your money between five different mutual funds or exchange traded funds, otherwise known as not NFTs, <laughs> exchange traded funds, ETFs, five investment vehicles, 20% each. Emerging markets, sorry, international developed, international emerging markets, U.S. large cap, U.S. small cap, and real estate. And I want to emphasize, there are better ways to do it. But if, if you did that for 20 years, you would be happy, right? So design a portfolio allocation. And again, I, that was all equity, so that doesn't include your emergency fund or some money in safer stuff that doesn't move as much, which we often call fixed income or bonds, right? But, but if you just did that and you did it for 20 years, okay, please don't get caught up in my specifics. I know as soon as I mention specifics, everybody wants to argue about it. That was just an example to show you how simple step number two, design a portfolio allocation. Step number three, systematically invest. Have a monthly amount that goes into the portfolio allocation. And over time, try to increase that monthly amount. Find an extra 50 bucks, increase the monthly amount. Find an extra $7, increase the monthly amount. And that systematic investment could be divided 20% into each of the funds. Or you could change the fund that it goes into each year. One of your five funds, just pick the one that's done the worst over the last three years. And change that each year. Systematically invest. That's number three. Number four is rebalance. And rebalancing just simply means every once in a while, periodically, could be based on time or it could be based on a percentage. You know, everybody wants to argue about this all the time. Who cares? Like if you just rebalanced every once in a while, you would be, and here's the beauty of rebalancing. I could talk, honestly, I could talk for like two days on rebalancing. I love it so much. It makes me so happy. The beauty of rebalancing is it forces you in a systematic way to buy an investment that is low and on a relative basis, there doesn't even have to be a transaction. It, it forces you to shift on a percentage basis from an investment that is low, from an investment that is high to an investment that is low. It's, it's a disciplined way of buying low, selling high, selling high and buying low, even if you're not actually selling. You're just reallocating. So let me just real quickly, right? Five mutual funds, you started out with 20% in each. It, you're systematically investing. Let's just say you're systematically investing 20% in each. Even though you're doing that, right? Investment number one has a fantastic three years. And investment number five, let's just say, has a boring three years. It doesn't even have to be negative, but let's just say it's boring. Let's say it's flat for three years. Even though you're putting money in, you're putting 20% of your systematic investment into each of them, investment number, let's say investment number one has a fantastic three years, you could wake up and have 30% of your overall portfolio or even more, but let's just go with 30% of your overall portfolio in investment number one. 
and then 20 in investment two, 20 in investment three, 20 in investment four, and 10 in investment five. I'm just super simple example, right? You could have, because investment one has done so well, even though you're investing the same percentage or same dollar amount systematically each month, 20% in each, investment number one could do so well that it has 30 and investment number five is just flat and it has 10. Rebalancing says you'd get them both back to 20. How would you do that? Well, the best way to do it is with your, you know, let's say you've, you've got an annual amount, your bonus money or some money at the end of the year, the money you saved for expenses, turns out you didn't spend some of it. You've got some pool of money you could actually just invest all of that in investment five to bring it back up to 20. And I'm simplifying the example. And then some of the more detailed way would be, let's say you don't have a pool of money. You could actually sell some of investment one. Consider taxes, all that stuff. I'm not going to give all that silly, crazy disclaimers we have to. This is just the example to help you understand. You could sell some of investment. You could sell 10% of investment one and move that 10% to investment five. If you did that, any, no matter how you did it, if you did it, what would you be doing? You would be forcing yourself to buy, sell. You'd be forcing yourself at the very least to buy low. That's the ideal way, right? You don't sell any investment one. You just put, all, you put some money into investment five. You're forcing yourself to buy low. But no matter how you're doing it, you're forcing yourself to buy low. That's amazing. Like it's, uh, to me, rebalancing feels like the seventh wonder of the world, right? Now, there's some argument about how much impact it has on returns, but it makes you feel like a better investor and it prevents you from making big mistakes. It prevents you from making big mistakes. Those are the four steps to a successful lifetime of investing. I wish I'd followed this from the time I was 18 till now. I wish I'd followed this from the time I was 40 till now. I, but I certainly really want to follow it from the time I'm 50, which I turned 50 this year, until forever. That's the four steps of a successful lifetime of investing. Write an investment policy statement. Number two, design a portfolio allocation. Number three, systematically invest. Number four, rebalance. Hope that's helpful, my friends. Take care. Greetings, it's Carl again. I hope you enjoyed that. And if you enjoyed that, you would love being a subscriber. So go to behaviorgapradio.com and sign up and I'll see you there.